Action Park Media. Welcome to Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Allen. Kevin Connolly, Kevin Dillon still on Buddy Games Day 7 or Day 8, um, but we don't need Dillon today because you know what? We got a very, very, very special guest, Gary Cole. I mean, amazing. Now we got him. It's amazing. Yeah, I'll give it to you. You got him, right? Well, Eric Kritzer really got him and Lisa Gallant, but right. Eric Kritzer, um, childhood friend who actually, he wants to do the podcast. We should have him do it. He's great. I can't figure yeah. out why there's just some people... That I'm like a little bit. Um, I don't think starstruck is the is the right is the right word, but yeah. like I don't know. I'm like, and he's such a cool guy, Gary Cole. That I don't know. There's something about him that makes me un- uncomfortable. You know, I mean, he's it's got because he's so good. And we'll talk about all of it. But he's got for real one of the great. I don't. I mean, it's. Un- I mean, his IMDb is a joke. It's like stupid to say understated right. or something, but uh, for whatever reason, and I mean this sincerely, he should be a household name because he's that good, and his right. and his resume is that ridiculous. Crazy and- that. And I actually think like NCIS, which he's doing now, will that'll make him in every house. Not you know, not necessarily like the houses we're looking at. But this is this is some of the great comedic performances. Office Space, even by the way, and we'll talk about all of it. But Brady Bunch, Brady Bunch, Brady Bunch was hilarious. It really I mean, was. And him and Shelley Long together were phenomenal. I just remember thinking, watching the Brady Bunch, how are they gonna how are they gonna do this? Because that was one of the first. That was like pre Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, but they had done in. those those theater things that right, were hilarious. Right, right, so right, it kind of right. came out of that, right. and and really making it like not a mockery, but a satire right. of, of the actual situation. But Gary Cole played on Entourage. Andrew Klein, whose name was based on one of my best friends, who I heard from this morning, and Marlo Klein is his wife, who Jamie Gertz played. But uh, I actually, as I was driving over here, weirdly enough, Andrew Klein, who was playing in the Maccabee Games in uh, in Israel, he was playing uh, tennis, which he did not medal. I'm sure you're disappointed. I'm very, I don't know what I'm going to do. I want there to be pickleball in the Maccabee games. So I don't know what the Maccabee games are. I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) They're like, uh, you know what? I can't really explain what they are, but they're like almost like an under, uh, Dave, you're a Jew. Is it like the live version of uh, (laughs) the Olympics? Olympics? (laughs) You know what? It's no, it's a serious thing. Just give me what the actual descriptions of the Maccabee games are. But here's Klein could not meddle. So the Maccabee games ranges from... 12 do I believe 18 and I'm not sure what the max age limit is but it's like from middle school through high school all around the world it's pretty much like the Olympics but it's called the Olympic right, Games Dave, Dave yeah. it's not 12 to 18 Andrew Klein is 50 years old this guy's 50 he's years 53 old. guessing they extended it past 18 him yeah. and Mike Jurek who's also a friend of mine from Tulane played in it so anyway because I was in it as well I was, he's I was, older than 18 no you were in it what, was, what, what sport did you meddle karate? in karate is this when you I was doing basketball I was, I was one of the uh, basketball yeah, Dave's I was, got handles I was Oh, good. I was one of the leaders I on the team. I want to see Dave's handles. Dave's got handles, and Dave can shoot it, shoot the three. Okay, I, 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 I know well, it sounds yeah. unbelievable. I would but like it's to. True. I would like but to. See we can it. get video. I, I've, I've heard <laughs> some of this stuff. We don't have to get video. We get on a fucking basketball court. Right, we before, can't we find get, a court. before we get into anything else, we got to do a shout out to our our next door neighbors, right, Dave? Let's you, let's have you do the shout out. We're Dave. not even giving a shout out. I can. It's not a shout out. Dave gave me some because he knows I like edibles and uh, Loon edibles were phenomenal and actually like you know there I'm, are next door neighbors here at Action Park, but the, but the, even if they weren't, it's a phenomenal. Product. I know this, and and one of the most impressive things about them is what they do. They, they, they work on shit for years. Yeah. They test shit. They don't just like, Oh, here's a new whatever. Right. Yeah. Like they say, Hey, you know, we've been working on this gummy. Cause they, yeah. yeah, they give me my sleepy time, my sleepy time gummies as well. So, <laughs> sleepy time. Shout out to Luna. Do you wear Dave. your blanket? Mm, what? When I sleep, I still wear the, I still got the blanket. No, Conley has a blanket and, and for real, there was one time we went somewhere and he forgot the blanket and uh, it's hard for me to sleep without my blanket. But it, also your, your personality is not good when you don't have your blanket. Yeah. Okay? Well, it's so, tougher to sleep. All right. I got something big to Hold talk on, about. Hold on, wait. Action yeah. Park. Dave, go ahead. Give us, give us the shout out. Dave. All right. So we, we're, uh, if you want to check for like clips, weekly updates on your YouTube, we're uploading pretty much those social clips, full episodes, smaller portion clips. For those of you listening at home, Dave has taken over the YouTube, so he's now reminding me, like, hey, don't forget to plug YouTube, which is what he's supposed to be doing. Good work, Dave. And I, I don't want people to think we're just sitting here plugging, but we do have merch also. But then I, I got I got big news I got to talk to you about, which is not news yet. I, I don't. Are you sure you want to talk about yeah. it? Yeah. It's not going to air. This is not going to air to Wednesday, so you're the first person I'm telling this to. You're the only person that knows this. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm proposing tonight. Do you hear that, Dave? Wow. Yep. So Congratulations. now do you think, I, I don't think it's bad form to tell you before I tell, I mean, like, what do you hide it? You know, no. I mean, stock tip Dave knows before Sarah, man. I don't know. Is that weird? Um, I don't think it's weird because no. I, I'm looking for, I got a, I got a couple of ideas. Is this, is this weird? And Dave 
since you know nothing about the Maccabee games, I'm not looking for your answer. Is it like, I love that scene where you proposed to Sloan. Like, do I just, cause we're going, uh, we're going to Malibu. Um, do I, do I pull off on the side of the road in the same spot or am I corny doing that? Are um, are you going to make your proposal content? Um, I don't have anyone to film it unless you come. Right. So. I don't want to, I don't want to come, but I, wow. uh, you know, Doug, by the way, Doug by the way, if it, if, by the way, if it was reversed, just so you know who I, I'd be like, if you want me to film it, I'm happy to do I it. I can help. You. Yeah. See, there you go. You Thanks, but I, Dave. You know, I, it's, uh, it's not a good weekend for me. It's not a good weekend for me. <laughs> yeah, if I was like sitting, if I were like sitting around not doing anything, I'd go shoot it. But you know, I also <laughs> would look sitting around. It also there. it would also look weird. I might it might tip tip the uh, tip the secret if I was like what in the bushes on the PCH. I don't know how we would hide you, but we would have to do it. But the, the, long lens. Imagine she says no though. Imagine Jesus. the content if she says no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We might be redoing the open. I always wonder about that because there are people who have proposed and they get a no, and I just like. That's pretty stunning. Like yeah, just don't that do you it don't on the, know. Don't do it on the scoreboard. Yeah, don't no, do it no, on no, the scoreboard. So you got any ideas for me? I mean, I got a couple, but so yeah, you could do do the traditional one. I mean, you're going to be in Malibu. You're going to be at Nobu, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we're. Going I don't think to, you should make it content. I'm not, I'm not planning on doing anything crazy, but I would. I do like to have a souvenir, and I wouldn't mind a good picture. But do I just get a selfie? Like, what yeah, do I do? you get a selfie. You'll figure. Yeah. It out. I mean, I'm not you're, certainly not going to post like me speaking, and I'm not sure. By the way, at 54 years old, which I could play in the Maccabee games, Dave. So you don't know what you're talking about. But I, I don't know if I'll be able to get up if I get on one knee. So you, I, I don't know if I can well. stand, especially Pickleball. especially after my two hours of high high-end pickleball the other day and other big announcement uh danny werfel i'm doing a charity event pickleball i'm going to georgia to play in a charity event when is that uh, october oh, yeah right. so and i plan we'll on to bank a couple of victories i plan on winning that tournament so i'm going to play with one of the top women in the world in pickleball who actually teaches at tulane and i'm going to represent tulane university in this charity tournament do you care at all i do not why not i mean i do i think it's great and i want I, i'd like you I i'd like want, you to win i, I just, just wish you had that i wish you had that uh i do want to talk to gary cole and i wish you had that that fire for golf yeah i can get it back but the problem is like i can't I, my left shoulder i can't even lift my you arm you can for sure arm. get it back yeah. you can for sure get it well back. we'll get out there i'm actually you know what tomorrow i'm going to two things first of all i'm gonna look at mountain gate mostly for pickleball they got but pickleball I'm, do they have official court like a uh, real my course understanding or is, my understanding is they're turning th tennis courts into pickleball courts because I think people are asking for it. And so is there like a crazy wait list to get in there? And um, I don't, that's a good question. I got to find out about guests, but also I'm going to look at um, the, the tennis center on, on Mulholland. I okay. forgot what it's called tomorrow, um, which they said there's like a 70 person waiting list. So, yeah, that there's a waiting like list. A there's time. a waiting list at Mountain Gate. I'm not sure if I can pull uh, pull that off. You have no pull there. Yeah, I mean, it's listen. Like, the golf world is a weird kind of a, th you know, it's a weird thing. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I could walk in. I would. I would certainly ask. But well, you know. I thought you were bigger. Anyway, I yeah. delivered Gary Cole. Are you, you delivered Gary Cole? I'm very excited. I have research, and don't don't make fun of my research because I know me. some things. All right, I'm excited to hear it. Are you? Are you? Are you? Do you think I'll get a yes tonight? I think you're going to get a yes, yes. How embarrassing would that be? Okay, so anyway. Keep it off the scoreboard and no content. <laughs> All right, anyway, we'll be right back with Gary Cole. All right, welcome, Victor, the podcast. Uh, we got Gary Cole. I'm I'm so excited about this. I mean, Gary doesn't know this because I'm sure you haven't listened to the podcast. We talked about you. We've a been lot talking about you a lot. Over yeah, the last I day. mean, before we we thought we'd even be able to get you on right. this podcast. So. Doug was like, "Why don't you call him?" I'm like, "I don't know. Why don't you call?" Him? We were both <laughs> we were both afraid to call you. So thanks for joining us. On you bet. Thanks for having me. How are you? Good. Really good. Yeah. Good, I good. mean, Gary. I, so we could jump into like the first thing I want to talk about because, and I have no idea if you remember this, but I talk sometimes. I make fun of Kevin. And uh, we've had some real actors on the show with you know, John McGinley and this and that. And, and, and they talk about process where Kevin hates auditioning. Hates I have anxiety. It gives me anxiety. He knows that, bro. He understands Well, I, I, know, I don't know anyone that likes auditioning, <laughs> right. I wouldn't say. But, yeah. So do you remember, though, what happened with Entourage when you came on Entourage? Because I still actually can't believe it. Because do you remember this? You mean from the, from the audition forward? From, well, the, I don't want to call it an audition. What okay. happened was... Oh, yeah. Okay. Right, right, right. So I wrote this part of Andrew right. Klein, whose character is named based right. on one of my best friends. Right. And I wrote it for Eric Bogosian. It was just, and and the hair, which Gary Cole's hair right now, by yeah, the way, know, is still you, ridiculous. Now you're okay. jealous of his voice and his and hair. His hair. Unbelievable. <laughs> but I wrote it for like an Eric Bogosian type, just a haggard kind of like, at, and Sheila Jaffe, our great cast there, calls me and says, Gary Cole, like, would love to do this. And I was like, well, I mean, Gary Cole's amazing, but this, I mean, it's Eric Bogosian. They have nothing. And she said, he'll read for you. And 
I, you were embarrassed. You were I like, was well, I don't want him to. Oh, I don't yeah. want him. Uh, I don't want him to. I was embarrassed because I said, um, I know Gary Cole's work. I know it, which I watched Fatal Vision, by the way, last night for the first time, probably in 25 years. I had to pull it on YouTube. It's not even available. Yeah, it's tough to, it's tough to find. <laughs> which is Spirit, bizarre. Yeah. But you came in and I said to you, because nobody said you were, you were going to read. Actually, I don't think Sheila said you were going to read. Sheila said, have a meeting with Me, them. Have a meeting. Right? Have a meeting. I always got, and I got that from my agents too. Right. So who right. knows, by the way, what anyone told Gary. Right. But anyway, we got in the meeting. And again, I, by the way, I had pretty good hair then. It's, it's not as good today. But I remember the big thing was like Bogosian's hair. And then Gary Cole walks in with that great fucking head of hair that you have. And I said, Gary, it's just, I'll write something for you. Like I'll, I'll come up with a character, but I don't think it's this. And I think you said, I'll just read it. Right. I mean, yeah. Well, I always and this was this happened to me a couple times, and this was one of those times. But it was it, when I got the information about no, no, we it's going to be a meeting. We and then I, <laughs> my my agents were promoting the fact that they wanted it to be a meeting only. You should only have a meeting. I never, especially if it's something I think I can really sink my teeth into. I I don't know what to do in a meeting. I right. really don't. <laughs> right. What are we going to sit there and go, yeah, yeah, so how are you? You're more comfortable auditioning than and meeting? I, and, Jesus. and knowing that, and I looked at that material and I said, and I told him, I said, I can, I can do something with this. I know I can. And so when we were sitting there and we, we you know, we chatted for five minutes or whatever. Yeah. And I, I don't know how it came up, but I just, I was eager to read it. It's so funny. And so we did, and uh, yeah, here we I, are. I, I, mean, I mean, that story gives me anxiety listening to it. Well, it gave me anxiety because you know, mostly I kind of consider Connolly and I. We're not really in the business. We never really were, <laughs> and we're not like like Gary's like Steppenwolf trained right. actor. And right. I just remember going, "This is going to be hard. I'm going to have Gary Cole read and not give him this role. Like this is un so fucking uncomfortable." And then, of course, you. I think you read one line. And I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to change this yeah, whole he was, part." He and he was I, talking about I your know. audition for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said Gary Cole was legitimately one of the best actors I've ever worked with. And I mean that not because you're sitting here. And also, you know, mostly I cast people. They just are some version of what they're acting for the most part, the stuff I do. And you are so diverse in what you do that even though I, I got to know you a little bit when we shot the show, I don't know really anything about you. And I think your career is so interesting because it is. And Connelly and I were talking about this before. You have one of the great careers in in Hollywood that's kind of a little understated I noticed like which is absurd you have one Emmy nomination I think uh I think that's right. correct which is right. absurd you know do you travel under the radar now you're on NCIS which is going to be probably you know I don't know I don't know if it's still 20 million people a, a week watching it but not quite that anymore nobody gets it but but they do for for, for nowadays they they get extraordinary Audience. So do yeah. you walk around though and people harass you or do you kind of get to go? No, I mean, it's still, I, I mean, I get, sure. You get spotted. Uh, and, and with, and doing a show like that, you're on, you're on the air every week. So that, that's, you know, that's a little more right. than it normally would be. Um, you know, Kevin could probably said it, you know, it, it's about how fast you're moving and what, if you're in a contained area or not, right. you know, yeah. sometimes people have to take time a to process to register who you are. Right. You know, uh, that's what I was saying. I said to Doug, I said, Doug, come on. If you were standing online at the Chevron and he was in front of you, you would know exactly what you know exactly. Yeah. But people will know you from different things. Right? right. And they're random things. Right. And it's it's like, what's the demographic? You know, how <laughs> how old is the person, you know, right. recognize you? What, but you're still but you just are still and you look great, but you're still like in the mainstream stuff. I mean, these are the biggest shows of the last 20 years from you know The Good Wife to West Wing to obviously your voice work on Family Guy and on Archer. Um, I mean, it's been an incredible career. And you started in the theater, right? In Chicago. Yeah, that's that's right. the key. It always starts there, right? That's where all the good actors. Well, come from the I, I, th I, I worked in Chicago probably on the stage from, you know, like, I don't know, 78 through mid the mid eighties when fatal vision came around in 84. And people always ask, you know, everybody asks actors, you know, what was, does luck have a uh, part or fate have a part in your career being launched or being, you know, going a certain direction? And I, I always say, well, of course it does. It's, it's, it's all a, it's all a crapshoot. But I do, and I look back on it now. But I think you can be, I think you can be ready for luck or not ready for it. In other words, you, you, if you get an opportunity, you don't know when that's going to happen. You don't know when it's going to come again. So if you get one, you have to, you know, you have to make it count. And I think I was. I had worked enough and done enough different kinds of things in all the theater that I did that I was ready 
for something that was in front of me and I could like deliver on it. You was know? Fatal Vision your your first? Well, essentially it was. I had done a uh, a, a television movie because that was kind of the heyday of network TV movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a couple weeks uh, on something that that shot regionally outside of Chicago. So if there was, in other words, they would they would have local hires for stuff that was shooting in, you know, Ohio or Pittsburgh, or if it happened to be in Chicago and that, but other than that, that was the first, I mean, it was certainly the first major role that I did. So it was, it was quite of a, quite of a, and that was a huge TV. Well, well also movie. too, for, for people listening in these days, there was three networks, right? right? You had yeah. you either on CBS, NBC or ABC. So, I believe 60 million people watched. Think is that an that. accurate number? Yes, it a, is. Is that a real number? Those that sounds... day, prob, I don't know if it's that high, but I mean. And, now, and, what do you think? I just pulled that number out of thin air. That's in my research. There bro. you go. 60 he million, knows. 60 million people watched Fatal Conley, Vision. by the way, just so you know, he does very little research except for a couple of games. <laughs> like, when we, like it has to be someone major that he actually will do anything. But I, you know, I actually know Joe McGinnis's son a little bit. Oh, wow. Through, okay. In, through like, like social media. I went to but, high school with Jeffrey McDonald. That's. Well, he went. Went to my high school. Yeah, he's a little really? old. Really? The Kassabs are from my hometown. Like, oh, wow. literally half half a block so away. So let me just give people, so you understand, I think, and I could be wrong, like, In Cold Blood was probably the book that really started the true crime genre, I think. But Fatal Vision was as big as anything, and I remember watching that movie, Carl Malden, who, you know, oh, Carl Malden. Who, who's amazing. And, and I think Miracle on Ice, which he's the co, he plays, he plays her. And, and uh, who, who played, who played Carl Malden's wife? Who played? Uh, Eva Marie Saint. Eva yeah. Marie Saint, yeah. Carl Malden. And, you know, for people listening, Jeffrey McDonald was a guy from Long Island, Princeton, Ivy League, Green Beret doctor for seemingly no reason out of the blue snaps and in the middle of the night butchers his family and blames it on Manson. And there's a there's a doc on H, uh, HBO, I think. Oh, a bunch of, th- yeah, yeah, Wilderness that, of Error that, yeah, that yeah. came so out. So that came on, but the movie was good. So you just, you just got a Chicago local audition for that or? It was, um, I had, I had taken a couple of trips out here for pilots uh, while still living in Chicago. I actually read for Miami Vice about a year before that. Oh, wow. And got down to, you know, there was... For like, Don's role. Yes, exactly. So there was, you know, there was you know, the network auditions. So there's three versions of Tubbs and Crockett sitting That's in awful. a waiting room somewhere. And uh, you go that's in. That's unbelievable. They were, and they were like mixing and matching. <laughs> and, and in these days when you would go to a network audition, the network executives would literally sit almost like a theater. Yeah. And they would like bring you in and out and mix right. and match. And there's three crockets, three tubs. Right. And, you're, and you're all, and you're not isolated. You're back in the room going, so oh, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. right. I hope you fall through the floor. <laughs> uh, and, and that didn't work. But, um, but there was an, uh, an NBC guy named Joel Thurm, uh, who was, I think, the vice president of programming. He had a relationship and knew well a casting director in Chicago named Jane Alderman. She was the casting director. There weren't that many, but she was like the casting director in Chicago. They were looking for this role. And I think it was one of those situations where they had all those three people. They had they had Carl Malden. They had, uh, had Avery Saint, Saint. They had Andy Griffith. So there there's a few people in there. Really, yeah, they didn't need, a, 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 you know, somebody that was known to right. do this part. I think they were trying, you know, they had a list and they were probably crossing names off. But I, I heard Alec Bald was, was on their list. I don't. So, but they were getting close. They were getting down to it. So they, they started looking at people. And I, I, you know, I just got a call. I was still in Chicago. I was in a play at the time. And, you know, she said, you know, and I got on a plane, came out here and, and read it. And right. I don't know. I, it didn't go all that well to me, but it was all very surreal to me. And I didn't really... I couldn't figure out if I got the job or not, but I, I figured, I figured when wardrobe came and they were, they were measuring me for wigs, like I guess, I guess this is looking okay. Looks so, good. They're still waiting here about Alec Baldwin. Yeah, but- yeah, but it's, exactly. It's like it's, it's all very tentative. But you know, anyway. did life change after that aired? Or well, I mean, what I remember is that I was so it was such a good first experience for an actor. I mean, I had been on a set before, but I didn't know one end of the camera for the not. I didn't know, you know, I thought you do the scene once and you leave. <laughs> right. They said, oh, right. That's how Connolly does. We're going to do coverage. What's that? <laughs> right. Um, so you'd never, wow, that's unbelievable. So, I mean, well, I mean, I knew those things going into this, but it, I worked, you know, I was basically in everything. 
or, or maybe not everything. I mean, ninety eight percent. Carol Malden, and right. they, they, there was that part of the story too. But I worked, I, yeah, I worked 80, 90 percent of the time every day, and with these people. So it was like, yeah, it's a good and I training could, ground. Yeah, it, it just, I and could, that was a four hour. I mean, well, I guess yeah, it was four hours commercials, but um, yeah, it was two nights, two, two nights, two hours. Two hours. So how many? Do you remember what that shoot was? How long? It was. was it was eight weeks. Eight weeks. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so, um, so. Did you look research that at all, or or did you feel not feel net, net the need? No, to, I mean no? obviously there was the book to go from, but they had they had a lot of stuff. The just the producers, they had actual, they had transcripts from the original court uh, military trial, thirty twos or whatever. They had called. grand jury right. transcripts. They had they also had crime photos. They had real crime photos. I so mean, I was wondering. They, I mean. When I watched it last night, I was thinking 84. And for a while, to be honest with you, when Midnight Caller even, I just, you were Jeffrey McDonald to me for a while. That movie had a big impact on me at the time. And obviously, Six, 60 I, million people. But, I, but I'm just saying, like, it was, it was kind of like Brian's song. It was, a, it was a special movie of the week. Really? Or whatever. It you know, it was, it was, it was big a, in my hometown and it was, as well. <laughs> it was a lot better than, you know, than most of the Correct. TV movies. And it was great. So I kind of saw you that. But was it something that, um, was a game changer for your career immediately or? Well, you certainly, because it, it, I mean, to, to go from who are you at all <laughs> to, right. oh yeah, that's, I mean, at even, even at that early stage, that's a big deal. When the door opens and people know who you are, yeah. as opposed to the door opens and people are, you know, trying to hide their boredom, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, so sure. It didn't really, I, I, you know, I was very, uh, naive and, and, and it was, uh, Los Angeles was very strange to me. So I, I kept kind of retreating back to Chicago. Cause I was like, I, I, you know, I wasn't very productive with my time. You right. Know, I, didn't, I didn't know how to do nothing. Yeah. That's right. what I do all day now. <laughs> yeah. Struggling um, with right now. So, but certainly it, it, you know, it, it got me into other room. It got, you know, I did some other uh, television movies, which, which were not, you know, on, on the level of that, I don't think, because mm -hmm. they were, I think one thing about the script of Fatal Vision is that a lot of that was, those were real conversations. Most of that stuff yeah. was documented. Certainly everything in the court was documented, but also a lot of what took place that where you saw scenes between Freddie and, and his wife. It's almost word for word. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were all, they all came from McGinnis you yeah. know, interviewing and sitting down with these people. Right. So all of that stuff was related. Well, that's why I was pretty shocked. What I was saying is that in 84, so watching it last night, they were showing those. I didn't know if they were real crime scene photos that they showed in the beginning of that movie. Because I, I, I mean, I'm trying to think of a TV movie. They showed the kids, their hands and blood. Right. And yeah. it was pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty quickly disturbing. Yeah. No, you it know? was, uh, the, the opening of that is, 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 uh, I mean, it was done, you know, with some restraint, but it is pretty gruesome. Yeah. And I think people don't really understand, like in 84, when this movie came out, and obviously In Cold Blood was before that, but, you know, I don't think the true crime genre is anywhere near where there's no dateline, there's no 2020 right. every right. day, and this was such a stunning, shocking thing. Right. So, um, But it also, the, you know, part of, of it was that McGinnis wrote, Jeffrey McDonald hired yeah. McGinnis to write Fatal Vision on his behalf. Yeah. And at a certain point, Joe McGinnis is like, this guy's just guilty. Yeah. I don't know what to say, yeah, right? that, you know? That, that turned. That really turned on him. So I, that was lost another twist. Jeffrey yeah. McDonald sued him, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he did? I think he, I think he won. Well, as a matter of fact, he was in the middle while we were shooting. He, I don't know if the suit, if, if the suit had been, if that, if that court case had been completed, and I don't even remember what the outcome of, he actually did win live. he might have won. I think he might have won. <laughs> we, we had already, he was already involved in that because McGinnis, McGinnis was around a, a little bit at the beginning and he mentioned that. And then he was also in the process of, I don't know if he ever went through with it, that he was going to also sue NBC at the time. Well, because, and every time McDonald was coming up for a parole, a parole hearing or anytime he had some kind of a hearing, NBC would air the movie. And it's like, how can we possibly get a fair... Yeah. And that's how I know about the 60 million he, he, he people. Could, he could sue me yeah. too, but he's guilty. So I, I just <laughs> I would have an easier time believing OJ Simpson was innocent. I mean, it's so ridiculous when you when you watch all the facts, you read the book, which I did read at the time. Do you play the part though? Do you go in it and say he's guilty or innocent? Or how how do you approach that? I we I talked to the director, uh, the late great David Green. We were talking about it. And because what's interesting also in the script is you never see McDonald alone. He's never alone. Uh, so there's, there is no opportunity for him to be reflecting on whether what he's, is, is he pulling something off? Right. But I didn't want to, I didn't want it to seem like there was a guy cause the script was pretty, you know, I mean, it was basically all, it was the facts, but it, it certainly was not 
uh, on his side. Yeah. But I didn't want to play somebody that was, that the audience would perceive as deceiving people. So I kind of played it as if he was just a wronged, innocent guy. Right. Not a great guy. Yeah. You know, kind of an ass, frankly, you know, uh, kind of, a, you know, just narcissistic, uh, you know, selfish and, and could be petty at times. Right. But not somebody that was responsible for the crime. Because uh, I, I figured this, this script would take care of that. I didn't want to be hiding. I, want, I wanted to, every time, I wanted to be real indignant about him being accused of everything, you know, and people yeah. coming in his face. Because there were a lot of people that were really supportive of him, you know. Well, even, I mean, I watched, I, I mean, I actually spent the whole night watching you last how, night. How I mean, has I watched... he managed to keep this? I guess the question is, what is still the interest in this story? I mean, it's not, I don't want to say that it's common, but it's not uncommon. You see, you hear these right. stories. What is with the, what is the fascination about that one particular case? Is well, still... I think maybe it's what Doug said, is that it, it because of, it, it may have been, if not the first, one of the early True kind of really large crimes that were was a media spectacle. And so just, just because of that, right. it lives on because it was a book, it was a movie. And then there's been not just one, but several other documentaries right. looking at the other yeah, and, and because you say of it. you see it every day now. You think it's common. It's still not common for right. someone to right. do but this. this. And it's this hard happened, to believe. But this happened you know? in 1978. Right. But I also think that I think there's about. a little bit, even though it's not the, it's not a gigantic part of the story, but but when you when you attach Manson right yeah. there, right. that that still I mean, lingers with it's people. It's so nuts. The, the you know, the, the magazine is oh like the blood is if that's the actual facts, which again, I haven't read the book in 30 years, but the blood his blood is on the page writing about the Manson murders. You know that Christopher crazy. Reeves did the audiobook <laughs> of of Fatal Vision. Oh, I didn't know I, that. I, I, I we we've had this discussion on whether or not it counts. Like, can I say I read the book if I listen to it? Is there an asterisk next to it? You should read. I listened to the book. Be good for you to read. And Christopher Reeves is, I mean, it's its unbelievable. I, That's I, interesting because I heard way back that actually he was one of the names on the list. And I don't, would that been a, would, that th would have been post Superman. That would have been post Superman. So I'm sure. Or he, right in the, right in that wheelhouse. I'm right sure his agents. <laughs> I don't think we go from <laughs> Superman to the guy that kills. Take Cole. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you get so it's, I want to know though, you're doing theater and then all of a sudden you're thrown into this eight week shoot with all this coverage and stuff. Then and now, how do you compare? What do you like better? It's been, I mean, it's been a long time since I, I really spent a lot of time on stage. I mean, I, I like, I, I can't, I can't say that I like one over the the other, you know, they're, you know, at the core of it, you're doing the same thing. It's just that the environment is so much different. I mean, there's, 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 there's great things about being on stage that the, to being able to sustain something for that period of time mm -hmm. without any break to it, uh, the ability when you're on stage and you, you're in the run of a play that if you have a bad night, you can go back right. <laughs> and fix it. Right. If you, if you got a scene that you think is going off the cliff and it's sooner or later, it's yeah. going to wrap for the day and you got, boy, I hope the editor can, <laughs> can fix can this. save that. <laughs> In 2001, I went to the La Jolla Playhouse and I saw you do Billy the Kid. And, oh, and my he, God. He played Pat Garrett. Sean Hattesey's a buddy of mine. Oh, okay. So sure. I drove out to the La Jolla Playhouse and I'm thinking the, the great actors – See, I don't know if it's to go back to keep the blades sharp, but the great actors seem to go back to the stage when there's downtime or between. So do you still do that, or is that it's still been a while? Um, although I, it just out of circumstances, I've tried to do. I was scheduled to do a play at Steppenwolf the last two years. One got interrupted because I was on Veep, and and Julia uh, Dreyfus, she had you know she had to deal with her whole health situation. Yeah. Right. So we. That whole schedule changed. We actually shut down for a year, and so that that kind of. Oh went. wow! I didn't know that. And then I was scheduled uh, to be on the stepmost stage uh, starting in May of 2020, but we know what happened there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what was that going to be? <laughs> uh, that was a play called Catch Me If You. I think it was called. I think Catch as Catch Can. Not not not, not from the movie. The movie not right. the movie. Some some other. Uh, uh, it was a new play uh, by a, uh, a playwright. Uh, I, I think there might have been a production in New York that had already been. And now you know, you're doing now you're doing NCIS, which right. is obviously one of the biggest shows. So you're not going to have a lot of time for theater now, I guess. I mean, I'm assuming that, and I don't know how much your character is going to be in this or not, because it's about to start airing the 20th season, I think. Correct. Right? Right. So is that a huge workload? Hour drama? Yeah, I mean, it's back to. I mean, it's been a while since I've 
I've done that long haul. The first, the first really and only time I've done that was when was right at the beginning. Midnight when call. I was, it was midnight call. Yeah. Uh, you know, 22 shows a year, hour show. A lot of work. You know? So did you contemplate, do I want to sign up for this? Obviously it's, it's obviously. It had a lot. There was a lot of upsides and, and not just about, it was, first of all, it was here. It was, uh, it was, it was something that was established that was working well. Um, and it was, I, I liked it. And part of the reason that they, that, that I was lucky enough to, to land on it was that Mark Harmon, who had been on the show for 19 years, had contemplated leaving, uh, but they were in an odd situation, which I was surprised about, which was that he, he, was, he was going to leave, and then when he kind of made that known, then the producers or the network just decided that, well, maybe then maybe it's time to fold up the tent. And I guess that he was maybe not quite, you know, thinking that that would be the outcome if he left, although right. I, I wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't have surprised me. So what he, what he decided was that he would stay for the first four shows of last season. Mm -hmm. And so it was, I liked the way they, they had my character enter because it wasn't just if he, he was, he gone was just and, gone yeah. and then, oh yeah, and a guy walks through the door and like bewitched. So yeah, I'm right. I'm I'm the new Darren. Thank you. Uh, you know, we actually did had scenes together where there was uh, it, it, the story was that I I was I worked for the FBI. They worked in their organization, NCIS. We were tracking the same guy. We collided in a story, and uh, and I wound up, you know, leaving the FBI and working with them as he, you know, kind of went off into the sunset. Right. So I thought it was a good transition. Yeah. So. I, I have a question. So at what point, at a certain point you got into the sort of the mainstream comedy, where, where how did you get catapulted into that world? Was it the Brady Bunch? Yes. That was, yeah, I was, Brady Bunch was what, 1991? Oh I had my been, you God. Know, I had been around, really? you wow. know, since Fatal Vision, basically, right. you know, just you know, here and there, and I would, you know, I I I'd gone back to Chicago and done plays. The '80s were like the the you know the 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 heyday of the network TV movie, <laughs> and I did a pile of those, some better than others. Uh, <laughs> but I hadn't done anything you could remotely say was comic at all. Right. Uh, I met Betty Thomas. Betty Thomas uh, directed Midnight Caller once, and I had met her before that. She was she knew Jim Belushi. Uh, who Jim Jim Belushi and I did uh, a play called True West in in New York, the Sam Shepard play. She came to see that. Uh, this was before Midnight Caller. Then she directed Midnight Caller. So the Brady Bunch thing came up, and I got a script for it. And uh, I had heard about it. It had been around for a couple of years, I guess. And I I didn't know what to do with it. So <laughs> right, I, it's a tricky one. I said, well, okay. Um, but the idea was funny because they were they they left the Bradys in the seventies and everybody else was in the nineties. They <laughs> they thought they were like monsters or something. It was like the old sixties. I watched it last night. Yeah, this like it was like the old sick like the right. like they were frozen. In, they were frozen yeah, they were, in the seventies, and they the whole regarded world kept them going. as like right. these hideous. Like, oh my god, <laughs> here they come! Don't look. <laughs> and so I just went in and tried to do. I, I watched a couple episodes and just I don't know. Tried to <laughs> tried to do Robert Reedish things, right? I don't know. But it's like you're playing it straight, right? You're not right. really because actually, comedy, if you look at that, we're we're the straight, straight people. guy. You're the straight Michael people. McKeon and everybody else is that you know. Right. But you're still hilarious, and so is so is Shelley Long. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, we they we I the one thing I knew is that they wanted, or that the the best thing it was going to sell it was to to do it so that everyone would be reminded of the original actors and try to just try to tweak that and satirize that. And I remember Betty, <laughs> I must have went in like three times and she just like, I would do it. There was absolutely no laughter in the room at all, which was, <laughs> which was disconcerting. <laughs> right. And she was like, she had this face like, oh, boy, you know, is this, I, what am I looking at? I don't know. Could be good. Could be horrible. I'm just not sure. And I would come in, I'd get the same face going again. And the last time I came in, they had already cast Shelly. And then, then they gave me some, you know, just some wig. Not a fitted wig, right? just some, <laughs> some curly permed wig. And I remember they said they were going to do that. And I went down, actually, I just myself went down to Melrose and got myself a really horrible polyester shirt <laughs> and put it on. And, and we, Shelly and I did a couple of scenes, still just like crickets. Like, <laughs> and I go, wow. This is, and I felt, I walked out of there and I was like, oh my God, this is, I guess I'm going to go back to Chicago. Now. <laughs> but, uh, and then there was a still more time went past and I, I'm sure it was the, you know, the old, where's Dana Carvey's phone number, you know, it, you know, crossing people off the list and then, you know, 
But I think she really went to bad for me because I don't think, you know, I don't. I don't you're, think that's you're, I mean, honestly, you're so good in it. And so is Shelly, who I, I, I would love to ask if you're willing to say, was she, was she, she was great. She was, she right. was great. We had a re- really fun time. So were all the kids. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, Be- Betty decided the best, the best way to play him was, you know, to, that he, he seemed like he was very confident. <laughs> And knew how to solve everything, but he was absolutely vacant. Right. He just had absolutely no, right. nothing going on in his, right. in his head whatsoever. Is that tough to play? I mean, what, what's the thought process there? I actually like sometimes when you have a lot of restrictions on a character because you don't have to, you, there, there's only certain things, you, know, what, you, you stay in a lane, right? And so you don't want to go off of that because if you don't commit to that, that specificity, you're, it's not, I don't think it's going to land well. We had, you know, we had, uh, they borrowed from 10 episodes. They put all of that stuff in the script, but they were, they were already moments that were already on film that we could use. Mom, my nose. Oh, right. my the nose. nose like the, the nose, like the Johnny right. Bravo, Johnny. <laughs> all of that right. stuff, right. Right. you know. The, it's really good. So does that lead to a lot of comedy? Then, or? yes. Then it was nothing. Then you it was all comedy. office he, space or like? no. No, but it was certainly any comic, a lot of comic roles, all of a sudden doors were open that would I never saw before. Right. Because it's still kind of a subtle performance. It's a subtle, your comedy performances are subtle. I mean, even yeah. Office Space, it's pretty, you know, it's not again, a very specific thing. Right. And I went in and again, I had a lot of ammunition. And just, it's just like you're writing. I mean, it's, it's, it's specifics, you know, it's, it's, it, it, you don't, you want to, you want to be, you don't want to get in the way a lot. If it's something is really landing well and it's really written well, and it's, it's really specific office space, same thing. And not only that, I had the video. He sent the video out to everybody. It's based on a video. Uh, oh, that character is Milton and lumber. <laughs> not everybody else, but mm-hmm. there's, there's three, I think little minute shorts where it's, it's, uh, you just see Milton <laughs> mumbling to <laughs> right. himself, which is Mike. And then lumber comes in and tortures him. I don't think Mike, was Lumberg, but I may have that wrong. I know he was Milton. So again, I saw it and I said, "Well, I can't. I'm not. I can't do it better than that. So I'll just do that." And you know, well, you did it. I mean, it's- and, and so Mike thought, "Oh yeah, I like that. I like the way you did it." I mean, it's so <laughs> iconic at, at this point after all this time. And I'm like, "Did they? I mean, did South Park take these K's? <laughs> like, they, oh, they, I, they, oh, that guy, right, right. I don't know. I mean, and those are really specific. People always ask me, "Do you must have ad lib?" I said, "No. That that is all off the video, and that is." Every, every little yeah thing is, is, is Mike is like really, you know, like kind of paintbrushy with those. And, and, uh, so, uh, you know, it was, but it, 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 because it had, it, it came from something that was really solid and worked and he built, and then he built a story around it. Right. Uh, but that had to be a total game changer. Yeah. Office space. Yeah. That, that was, was the one, right? Yeah. That then it was then it was more um I mean I still was, you know, I was still reading for things, but it 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 there's a different, you know, there's a different vibe when you come in the room and, and people know who you are. Right. And they've got something to, you know. Yeah. To uh, compare you to. Well, you go higher up on those lists, right? Yeah, right. So it's the, you're, right. you're anticipating you're in, your You're arrival. in the conversation right. as opposed to, right. you know, waiting for people to die. You're on the short list. Yeah. <laughs> you're on the short list. And do you, do you like, I mean, again, I believe whatever Mike did, which she's amazing, obviously. You, that character, you made, <laughs> you made work. And to me, it's the, it's the standout of the movie. And it's what everybody remembers and what everybody talks about still to this day. But do you like it when a writer, director is that specific? with with the little things of the text or do you like when you're a little more free when well in that case i i knew that that would be the best way to do that character mm-hmm. it's not that's not always the case sometimes there's there's restrictions that aren't necessary right and are are more of an obstacle you know uh but when the when that when i saw that character even in a in animated form it's you know some writers just have a knack i went i know that guy Right. I've worked with that guy. I I know I've seen that guy before. And so I just trusted him that he knew, you know, how that was going to be manipulated. And so again, ab- about the thing about staying in the lane, Lumberg is like, he's, he's really one speed. He's just like, right. Nothing, nothing <laughs> penetrates. Right. Also, and, if you look at what Mike judge did in that movie, if you look, even look at the, the colors of the walls 
and that it just feels like the most miserable place <laughs> that you could ever work in. All the wardrobe is like muted colors. Yep. It's just like dark wall. Yeah. Just like it's like oh, it's like, it just, just reminded people of cubicle, cubicle, after cubicle life of just like rows of cubicles. Stephen Root said something interesting, and I didn't. You know, it's hard to track now, but he said that after that movie, you started looking at commercials, and all of a sudden you were seeing wide open workspaces with right. a lot of cubicles. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, That's oh, what is this? Because I had, I had no, I never worked in an office, had right. no office skills. I had no business being in an office. <laughs> so I didn't understand the connection that so many people had to the movie because it was their, that was their environment. Right. I mean, that's why it, it really had an impact. But even watching it last night, which, you know, I haven't been in an office in probably 35 years either. It just, it makes you understand why after this pandemic, nobody wants to go back to work because <laughs> you know, it just like it, it is as ridiculous as it is. And it, obviously, if you remember it all with the reports and stuff. Oh, my God. TPS reports. It is so fucking funny, but so absurd. No, it's just so impressive. I mean, the one thing I remember shooting it, it's like it, it doesn't get, get focused on a lot in the movies here, is the constant... Uh, <laughs> We're, we have a birthday today. <laughs> and a happy birthday. And the people just like, just trying to keep a, you know, somewhat of a smile on their face while they do it. And you know, what's interesting because, uh, have you watched Severance? No, I haven't. Because Severance is almost like, have you watched it yet or no? I, I, I it lost me somewhere in, in the middle. It's... So, um, Con uh, Connelly, I, we just did a pilot and Tramel Tillman, who's a Chicago actor. So I don't know if you've ever come across it, but he's in Severance, but it is, it's like the next iteration of miserable office spaces. And I, you know what? I forgot about the birthday. They do the birthday things oh, on, really? yeah. on severance yeah. constantly, but they are so, there's only like four people who work in the space and a guy comes out with a fucking camera and it is so depressing <laughs> and sad, but also funny. And I guarantee severance is it, it kind of came from that. It's I, a complete difference between work and home life. So you don't remember if you had a great, if you go, you go home, you have no memory of the office. And when you come into the office, you have no memory. I'm telling, of no, but That's I'm, what severance is. No, about. but I'm telling you, and I wonder if that, that Ben still, had it from there because he's Livingston. Ron Livingston says in that show, I wish I could just not remember work. And that's what <laughs> yeah, they, they right. basically get a surgery. So when they leave the office, right. they have no recollection. They don't even know what they do. So right. they could be murdering people. <laughs> I love, that's what I love. That's one of the great things about the script of office space. Cause I, you know, normally in a movie, sometimes like that, if that was the story, the guy would go, I quit. I'm out of here. I'm never coming back again. But he doesn't do that. He no. said, are you going to quit? And he, and he goes, no, <laughs> I'm just not going to go anymore. <laughs> you know, or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to, not really. Uh, I might show up. He's really good. Wait, wait, he's great. He you know? says, well, what about your bills? Nah, I'm yeah. not going to pay them either. Also, when he's talking to Aniston, he's just talking about like robbing the place. She's like, that's stealing. He's like, not really. No. And, and he believe, kind of believes it. He's no, he's, like, he's, he's, he's great because yeah. he's like the, you know, he's the steady, you know, this, he, he actually describes it once great he goes i'm like the bus driver you know i yeah. drive through the movie and i say all right this character hops on and i take him to the next stop it's yeah. so great. i mean the so, scene with him and mcginley is, is epic it's, 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 it's just awesome. awesome mcginley mcginley owns me i mean i, I that, that that whole you know uh, you know, Michael Bolton <laughs> run. <laughs> I celebrate the man's entire catalog. McGinley is so, so great. So what's, yeah. what's your favorite Michael Bolton song? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> 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 Jerry, who was, you know, was on Entourage, he had, I don't know, are we allowed to talk about it? He had, he had yeah. a, a, a I, I shouldn't say it out of turn, but he had a little beef with I'll, Michael I Bolton could, in I a charity golf tournament. Do you play golf, Gary? I played, actually, I, I do, but not well, but I actually <laughs> played in, uh, I played in Mark's tournament right. one time during when the show was right. on. Right, yeah. So Jerry was, he, and, and Jerry's defense, Jerry's a 20 handicap. He just is. He might, might be more, but he's right. playing at a 20 handicap. He shoots, a, happens to shoot like a great round, and he basically, he, he wins Bolton. the tournament. He but he won the, he won the tournament. Jerry did? <laughs> Jerry won the tournament okay. with, a, with a 20 handicap, and Michael Bolton got in his face. <laughs> Michael Bolton's like, I want to see your, your handicap index. I want to see you. Oh, and by the oh, way, Jerry will beat Michael Bolton's ass. <laughs> I mean, I don't, Jerry, I, I don't think Jerry wanted any, any smoke with Michael Bolton. He was apparently very hot and pissed <laughs> off so, at Jerry. In Hawaii, uh, like over the golf. Of all the people to confront you about being a sandbagger, Michael Bolton. <laughs> I wish Jerry would have said, you know, what my favorite think, song of yours is Michael. I think it was over. I think it was just over before Jerry even realized what happened. Like Michael Bolton got in his face, yelled at him, threatened to. And by the way, poor 
poor, poor Jerry was probably, and I know Jerry, I think we pretty much started playing golf at the same time. I don't play anymore, but like he was barely playing golf at the That's time. That's what like, I mean. So he had no business winning the tournament. Yeah. So he had a good day, which God forbid you have a good day. You beat somebody. <laughs> he accused you of sandbagging. So, so speaking of writing, obviously you worked with Sorkin. And so did we, we just had him on the podcast also. And, and, you know, one of my thrills in life was, uh, beside from you actually cold reading something, which was nuts, but Sorkin did the show and like, didn't want to change anything, which I was like, you don't know. You got Feel nothing? free to make your yeah, notes. You, got nothing yeah, 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 yeah. you want to rewrite the whole show? What do you want to do? But anyway, what was West wing? Like, how was that? Well, I think when I, I, if I got my history, right, Sorkin, I, not, a, I think he was, I think he would left by then because, oh. uh, I was, uh, I want to say it's season five, mm -hmm. and I think he might have been gone. Yeah. Ah, I didn't, I didn't even realize that. Is he, yeah. he a known stickler for words? I, I don't, to be honest with you, I, yeah, I, don't, I mean, he's a playwright, so I would assume. According, according to the other folks that I know on the show, that would be a, that would be a definite <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, right. I know more, I think Martin did. Martin's in the pilot we just did also, so, oh, okay. and, and he's yeah. phenomenal. So I think, yeah, I think, you know. Yeah. Generally speaking, yeah. it's just probably better to you stick know, with the script. I mean, it depends what it is, obviously. If you're doing sure. Curb, and I don't know about Veep, was, I mean, Veep feels like there's a lot of improv. Veep but was a combo of both, although it, it's, it's, it was more scripted than maybe people think, but it had a feeling yeah. that it was not. And that, that had a lot to do with... The first four years were the, all the guys from uh, the UK. Um, and there was, there was a lot of rehearsal uh, that was improvised that the writers just observed and then kind of took from that. And then we would, you know, the script that was the first draft, you kind of throw that in a corner and then get up and do all the scenes. And then it was constantly being fiddled with, even, even while shooting it. Yeah. You know, so it had that feeling. And then there was, they would, they would actually do what they, which they do on movies. Well, like, uh, like Will Ferrell does it all the time, which is just to get, get what's on the page, get that shot. And then just do, you know, a couple of freebies. Do your freebie. Do whatever you want. But, yeah. Doug, you, I, I directed a couple episodes of Entourage, and Doug was like, just before people start clowning around, make sure everyone gets one word perfect, right. please. Right. And then you want to do a take where Jeremy says a bunch of boring shit for two hours. <laughs> Go right yeah. ahead. But had, had you had experience, had you worked with Jeremy before Entourage? I mean, he's the Chicago guy, theater guy. No, I knew... I, I knew Jeremy. I I only knew him from being around Chicago. Right. I believe we might have had the same agent. So you'd come in through the door and a lot, you know. Right. And then if I if I have this right, I was in a movie for about two seconds <laughs> called Lucas. Yeah. Were you in Lucas? I was in Lucas. What did you do in Lucas? Who were you in Lucas? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, 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 I know Lucas. But I'll wasn't Jeremy say. in that? Jeremy nope. was in that. Along with yes. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, yeah. Corey Haim, a Haim. bunch of people. I was <laughs> the assistant coach of the football team. I had one line in the movie. And I remember seeing the one line in the movie or in the script. One line in the movie. So I mean, maybe there was something. I mean, yeah, I was on the sideline going, come on. You know, but, you know, <laughs> right. And, um, I, the one where well, Lucas gets hurt. It's the one where he gets hurt, like the end game, like the yeah. Big game. But I think I I was in the I was in the locker room and it was some training scene and I was working on one of the players and I had like one line. Wow. And when I saw the movie, it was it was looped and it wasn't even my. <laughs> well, I don't know who 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 did that movie. Oh, I don't remember. So great, you took a voiceover star and right. you cut him yeah. out of the movie. I'm I don't sure. remember who the director was. Really That's know. so weird. Why yeah. would they have done that? That's very no idea. Bizarre. I probably wasn't. They probably couldn't find me. You know, I was like, <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty. Did you ever see Dustin Hoffman as an an extra in Star Wars? No, yeah, Star Wars. Dustin Hoffman is. I mean, he's it, already done. Uh, he was. He, I think he already won an Oscar. He's yeah. already Dustin Hoffman. But yeah. he's like, uh, like a, one of the guys with Darth Vader in a scene as a Joker. Yeah, like, like he fun? just wanted. He stands there. He has no line, but it's in a shot. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he just, just wanted to do it for laughs. laughs. Yeah, he just was a fan of George Lucas's first movie, which okay. was like THX. This is confirmed, right? I mean, 60 I just, million it's weird people that watched, I've never heard this. 60 million people watched <laughs> This Fatal is a freeze-frameable moment. <laughs> and it is a freeze-frameable moment, Dave. By the way, because Connolly, he, he did do this before. Um, Jeff Garland was on, and Connolly decided to tell him he was best friends with somebody they'd never uh, met in his no, life. I, I, did, I didn't, know that, I didn't know that. No, it was Wikipedia. I didn't know that people make up things. Who was Wikipedia. it you thought Jeff Garland was best friends with the lead singer Night Ranger or something? Journey, maybe. I don't know. Something crazy. Jeff's like, no, I don't know what that person is. I'm like, you don't know him at all. So, 
you come out to Entourage, and again, the part, I didn't really change the writing because you were doing it. I just left that character, and you, again, we talk about this a lot on the podcast, so I don't want you to think I'm weird that I, I focus on, on your hair, but you're a handsome guy with a great head of hair. It, it just is. And this part, you play, which, I, I don't know, the thing it, I don't want to compare anything we did on Entourage to a death of a salesman, so don't start yelling at oh, me. Boy. But like Brian Dennehy, when I saw him do <laughs> death of a salesman, I'm like, like, I remember going into it going, how the fuck is Brian Dennehy going to do Death of a Salesman? This big, giant fucking guy who's... And, and he was brilliant. And he was amazing. And you kind of did... You kind of, like, shrink where Jeremy is the power. And you're, like, almost... I mean, playing it like you're... Um, like a nerdy, unsure guy mm -hmm. a little bit. Sure. I mean, so where was it? I mean, I don't know. I always like to think... I, I do think this because I know Connolly. This is how he shows up on set. And I feel like... On Entourage, everybody was just like, oh, okay, I, I got it. And they show up and they do it. But it, it does feel like you and there were a couple actors we had on the show that, like I said, I don't necessarily know who you are in reality because you're so good and can do so many different things like Adam Goldberg and Giovanni Rabisi. Like, I spent a couple of weeks with Giovanni Rabisi. I don't know a fucking thing about him. Right. So was that, like, what was your, uh, if you can remember, what kind of thought process? Well, I'll was? tell you, I remember, because I, I the, the audition's vivid to me because I, when I was, working on it, it, it just was, I, I didn't feel anything that wasn't authentic, you know? And it, it's interesting because I think you put, there's something in there in the scene. It's the scene where I think it's one of the early scenes with Jeremy when, it, when, when he's actually kind of luring him back or, or, or he's reluctant to, but he wants him to come back or do him a favor. Or yeah. Whatever. And he talks about the strike. If you remember that, I don't mm -hmm. remember. Yeah. And how the, you know, the, he's looking for something to blame for his ineptitude. Yeah. And he said, ah, that got strike. <laughs> if it wasn't for the strike, I'd be, I'd be you, Ari. <laughs> and, and that was really clear because I remember I was in a show, you know, I was done okay, but I had, you know, I had a family. I had, you know, I had a mortgage. I had, and I was in a show, uh, fine, it was an HBO show and it was a big deal. And it was Lily Tomlin and this. Which and one? Exactly. It <laughs> never saw the light of day. You like, shot the whole Tomlin? season? No, we shot six episodes. Wow. And it was a very expensive show. Uh, and then the strike hit in, what was that, 07 or whatever? Yeah, I think was, so, yeah. Six or when I played like golf, that. yeah. And uh, shut, shut everything down. Um, and then th three months later, got, got a phone call from the producer to go, oh, good, we're back. But the phone call was not that. The phone call was, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know those six episodes? Yeah, they, they, HBO set fire to those. We're not. Let us know if you need some, something for your reel. We're out of here. <laughs> and and I'm felt like, good are about you? It. Oh. <laughs> so, and I, you know, it was like, it wasn't, it, it wasn't quite as, as uh, you know, <laughs> destitute as, as Andrew Klein was. <laughs> but there was some urgency. And I remember doing that uh, scene. And there was just, there were just so many things in that that were, that were kind of, embedded that I was kind of, you know, that were very real to me, maybe more real than I would have liked to admit. Uh, and so is that. And the power of, of Ari and slash Jeremy was very effective in, in, in being able to play that. Yeah. Cause it was already, I mean, you know, he, he, you know, he was master of the universe of Hollywood. Right? Yeah. So this is where this guy was, he was close to it at one point and now he, he blew it and now he gets another chance, but he's just, he is. And what you said, he is not, he is, you know, the opposite of confident. He yeah. is, he's very tentative. About and and I think, you know, but you still needed a heavyweight like Gary to come in there to go ahead and head with him. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. But, but I, I get my, my thought process is I guess I was worried at the time that, that it's not about um, better actors. So that's not what I'm talking about. I thought Gary might, like dominate and right, you might I know. not That's... feel like, like Bergosian, you could see being more neurotic than Ari and out of control <laughs> and this and that. And what you brought to it was this, what he was saying on, on office space a little bit is that subtlety that you do, you shrink, it's you grounded. become this guy. It's, it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's just different work than, than I normally do. I normally try to find the guy who is pretty much that character and, mm -hmm. you know, do it. So I, I just, I think it's interesting. And, and also watching you on Veep last night, um, you're so good with comedy and, and he was asking how you got into it, but 
were you funny when you were a young actor? Were people like, oh, you want to do comedy? Or did you think, oh, I'm going to be this dramatic actor? Or is it No, I mean, when, when I was, I mean, that's the thing. When, you know, when we were all working in Chicago, we, we did all kinds of things. We did, we did it all. You know, we did, you know, we ran the gamut. You right. Know, ridiculous, silly to, to grim and dark to, you know, all in the course, and in the course of a year, you'd, you'd switch up on that four or five times. So by the time we got here, or I got here and you started, you know, getting material, you were, you were prepared to make choices about how you were going to go about something. Right. So it wasn't, and I never thought about it necessarily as a different thing. People say, you know, comedy and, you know, drama. I never really look at it differently. I, I, it's, that's, to me, that's more up to the audience. Right. You know, you're playing a character, whether that, whether the audience is going to laugh at that character, that's, that's, <laughs> right. that's on them. Yeah. I mean, the one thing about comedy, and I, I, I do agree with this comedy, and I forget who I'm quoting somebody else to say, but I thought it was a good observation. Com oh, it was uh, Harold Ramis. Uh, he said, comedy can't sort of work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Confusion either fusion is the death of comedy. Yeah, it's either funny or it's not. <laughs> right. Drama or dark whatever can right. go you can actually go is this is this good? <laughs> yeah. Might, I'm going to have to think about this. Yeah. Well, it could be. And the guy next to you might think it's great while you think it's right. horrible. Right. But if it's not funny, it that's likely going to be exposed. Cuz you, you know what's interesting even like in office space last night and I don't know if anyone will see what I'm talking about here. You almost have this uh, Patrick Bateman quality in you as well. American Psycho and I almost it's like you and I could see I could see you playing that part and I could see Bale coming in and doing office space. Like I could see the two of you doing those two things and it's really good. And the glasses you're wearing, it's almost like uh they're like serial killer glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah. That. No, I mean, they, they spend a lot. Mike, they, again, a Mike, I, I must've, you know, I, a lot I of sat glasses. there. Can you get aviators that are, I don't know, three times bigger than that? <laughs> yeah. So he kept going, no, bigger, bigger, right. bigger. So just like, a couple of glass pots that cover your whole face. You know? Where'd you guys shoot that? Austin. Austin. Yeah, because oh, wow. that's where he is. Yeah. And are uh, you doing something with Beavis and Butthead? Is that back? Beavis I am in Beavis yeah. and Butthead. I am a government official <laughs> who is tracking Beavis and Butthead as they... Uh, Try to destroy NASA in space. I can't wait. I yeah. can't wait to see it. You've had such a great voiceover career too, from Archer and Family Guy, and I don't. I'm sure there's a million other things that I don't know. Do you like doing that? Is that, that like fun as hell? Or what? Love that. First thing I did was, um, I think the f the very first thing I got might have been a Family Guy, but that direct that directly came from Office Space because right. Seth was aware of Office Space, uh, and so I went in, and that was. You know, I think it was, it might've been the first season. I think it's, was like in 2000. Right. And then, you know, other stuff filed at a thing called Harvey Birdman. That was an early one that was on Cartoon Network. And then just a lot of other things just kept coming because once that door was opened, it, it, it seemed to generate a lot more stuff. So do you get lots of calls now just for straight voiceovers and, uh, no, I, 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 no, I don't, I have, I have yet to, I, I went in and tried to do, <laughs> I've done several readings for, you know, the, the voiceover agents get it. There's a new, there's a new Audi commercial. There's a new, uh, none of them. They're just, <laughs> well, cause then you, 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 you know, you, 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 you hear them and it's like, you know, Morgan Freeman. Like, well, what were you doing in the first place? No. But I think there's something that's not, I, I don't, I'm not sure that that's my, I'm not sure. I'm sure that that's not my. I don't know about strength. you as as the voice of the car thing. You just have a you do you have a great comic voice, you know. And I hear it now, and I can see so many characters. And you know, we just shot this pilot. Charlie's in it, by the way. Sheen. We've got Martin in it. We've got McKinley's in, in it. Oh, McKinley's wow. in it. But we're uh, hopefully we can we can you know I'm going to call you with an offer uh, if you the can. show actually goes. He ain't reading any. He ain't reading for this. Gary never read, needs to read for me again. Again, I want to be clear about that. Gary, I did not ask. He didn't, Gary he didn't tell me. No, I said I'll read. That's my understanding right. is you were bringing him in for a meeting. Yeah. The way I remember the story, he was coming in for a meeting, and he basically said, "Well, let's just do it." Yeah. To right. be to be totally that's honest, my, that's, a, that's an accurate uh, description. To, to be honest, I swear to you, I remember it vividly. My idea, my my thought was like, 
what the fuck am I going to meet with? There's no way Gary Cole is playing this right, part. Like, you're like, like, I don't even want to like, meet with him and then not offer it. Like, it's, I, it's embarrassing. I, why don't I, and I said to Sheila, why don't I just write like a character? She's like, he just wants to meet. You're going to say <laughs> no. And I think, unless I'm wrong, it was only us in, in the room, I think. And then Gary says, you know, why don't I just read it? And I'm like, oh my God. It was. Well, I, it was Sheila. I think she, yeah, she was there to read. Was right? she there? Yeah, I, I don't think know. So. I don't. Well, because I, I read with somebody. So, and I know, I'm sure it wasn't it you. It wasn't you, Doug. Yeah. Thank Maybe. God. All I, know your is, own words. I, all I know is it's an important thing to think about as whenever you're making something, because I definitely, I have my, my stubborn thoughts that go through. And I, rem, I swear to you, I remember going, please, please don't read. And now I'm not going to give him this part. I'm so fucking uncomfortable. And then you read, you read I, two lines. I was like, okay, kind of, I, know, it, I know how to make this. This will work. There Great. are stories like that. I mean, I think with Catch Me If You Can, I think I think Spielberg had the same thing with Walken. Like, he wants to read. He's not going to get the job. Yeah. And he was like, well, all right, well, you have to take the meeting, okay? Yeah. And he blew him away in the room, and yeah. they hired him on the spot. But he yeah. came in, so there, it does happen. Yeah. And I try to bring. Happen. I try to. You know, we had so many characters on the show, obviously, to start. But I try to right. bring you back as much as I could. But <laughs> I mean, like, I wish we had more with you because it was great. So this was. Awesome. Yes. Though. Thanks mean, for thanks for doing yeah, this. We you really bet, appreciate you, you coming in, and uh, and and we are going to call you if this new show goes. We got a lot of Chicago offer people. Only. It's like, it's offer, offer only. only. <laughs> done. <laughs> Big offer. I mean, by the way, he's going to be so busy on NCIS. <laughs> Is it like? Are you doing? 12 hour days on this or they make sure you they're like- they're actually it, it, I mean it's 20 years so they're they're pretty efficient yeah I mean, you, you have days that are you know 12 you know maybe a little bit more but uh you know there there are a lot of times you know I've, I've been out of there at 2 30 so it's uh it's nice. a well-oiled machine at this point yeah I would think. they figure out how to get it right done. yeah well I'm excited to see the new season I've been a big fan of yours for a long time and same uh, here same here we're Thanks really excited to have you and uh that's yeah, it that's it Everybody we're done with see quick and easy hey, get you, get it. Get it. Damn it,